spoiled myself today Peeked at another reel All I feel is shame I guess it's not ideal Washed it through a porthole could stop me with a swing Tried so hard to look away But I remember everything What have I become? Already know the end Everything I know I spoiled it all My eyes did I avert Always let me down Spoilers make it hurt The following podcast contains spoilers for Walk the Line. You have been warned. You gotta hear this Johnny Cash, man. He sounds something crazy. He's a real chucklehead, mama. Oh, oh, oh hey there. <laughs> Sorry. It's actually me. I lied. <laughs> I fooled you. That was called acting. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Benjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel, my sexy Johnny Cash Gusto. That's me. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Hicks at home. <laughs> 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 There's a, a, a double Elvis happening. Double what Elvis, is, Johnny Cash. It's a, I'm not good at impressions. We know this. Mouths. Ew. Oh. How you doing, Glenn? I am. I'm not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, not much going on this week, actually. It was kind of a dead little ringer. Uh, yeah. I didn't watch that many movies, but we already knew that. Yeah. I did, however, watch a movie with you. And yeah. dear God, was it watchable at it times. was something it, it was, was indeed a movie it was tasty and delicious and then it was all because of the spicy little samosa that is zesty samo or <laughs> zesty momoa <laughs> <laughs> very i zesty tried momoa. to get that it was pretty cool play on words and i yeah. fucked it up it's all right we watched fast x yes <laughs> what, what are you expecting there's there's a lot of shit going on and it was crazy and it happened yeah all those things. And uh, obviously the best part for us, uh, if you had watched the review, uh, was Momoa just going off the rails and doing what he does best, which is acting, I guess. Sometimes yep. he rock climbs, but acting. And he acted fantastically. Yes, he did. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the movie was basically a, a really horny mechanic's dream of Marvel, which it's getting there. One day. Yeah. One yeah. day, Dominic Toretta will fight Thanos and I, I can't wait for the moment. I'm putting money down. In an alternate universe, he has already, and I guarantee you everyone's yeah. still dead in that universe. Yeah, technically he has. It's true. Yeah. Uh, other than that, of course, I 
have watched uh, the show Banshee. I just started it up. Yep. Uh, I told you a little about it. It's a, a goofy little fun time as far as the plot goes. Um, it stars uh, Anthony Starr, uh, funny enough, because <laughs> the star star. <laughs> um, that's really the, <laughs> the only reason I am watching it, because I was like, man, I haven't really seen him in anything else. And I'm, I, I heard this was decent, or at least good, and I wanted to check it out for myself. I had nothing about the plot, and I don't want to really give away anything because i want you to i told you you should at least watch the first two episodes yeah it takes place in pennsylvania and that's oh, yeah, i'm sold i'm sold yeah it, that's all i'm saying um <laughs> it's so fucking fast two people residential pennsylvania peoples uh we know what happens in pennsylvania and I love what happens in Pennsylvania in this show. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't wait for you to see a piece of that. Um, other than that, I have watched uh, Walk the Line, but I've no, I know for a fact you've watched a few at least. Yes. <laughs> I would uh, like to know. Much less than I normally do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's just less than I normally do. It just happens sometimes. It just happened. Uh, I watched a total of four movies, really not that much for, mm-hmm. for me. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, first one I watched was Fast X, which uh, we uh, have a review for on the YouTubes, as you discussed, uh, mm-hmm. and people should check that out. Then I watched a movie uh, with Dylan O'Brien, I believe his name is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dylan O'Brien called Love and Monsters. Legitimately, the only reason this was on my radar at all mm-hmm. is the uh, woman who voices uh, the mom in the, the kids show Bluey. Yeah, uh, is also in this, and I got a little bit of a crush on her a little oh, bit. Oh, watch you out! Know, yeah, watch out, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. I might, uh, you know, leave you for an Australian actress who I've never met and will probably who's, never meet. <laughs> who's never even seen a glimpse of a, a little Miguel Magusto. No, well, I mean, it's funny. It's just like I don't know. It's, it's it, she's just got a very nice voice. That's really yeah. the only place where the crush nice, comes from. She has nice, a very voices nice voices go very far. Yes. Uh, uh, her name is Melanie Zanetti, but yeah, Love and Monsters uh, with Dylan O'Brien. She's not even in it that much. Uh, she does have one of the more um, beautiful moments in the film, but this was so much better than I expected it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I expected just you know a dumb fun action movie, but it actually has a lot of heart, which was surprising. Oh, I actually um, saw a clip of this recently. Yeah, I I, I was surprised. I wouldn't say I was blown crab. away. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of moments like that where you know there's there's like heart that in places you wouldn't expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, she she has a human role in it, the the mom from Bluey, mm-hmm. uh, but she her main part is uh, she plays the voice of like a a robot, mm-hmm. and it's like the first conversation that Dylan O'Brien's character has had with anyone in a long time. And it's just very touching, like, the conversation they have. And it's just, I, I did not expect that from a movie like this. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, highly suggest Love and Monsters. It's not going to blow anyone away, but it's, like, it's just really fun and good. good. Uh, so, yeah. Then I watched Walk the Line, which we'll get into in just a minute. And then uh, part of my Ingmar Bergman collection, I watched a movie called The Devil's Eye, which is about, uh, I, I don't know if people know The Legend of Don Juan, um, mm. But he's essentially like this lover guy. Yeah. Uh, but in in this film, I don't I don't know much about Don Juan other than that you know he's famous for being like a womanizer and a lover and and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, he's in hell. I don't know if that's part of the normal lore or whatever. But then <laughs> the devil makes a pact with him to 
go have a virgin woman cheat on her fiance with him, and then uh-huh. he would uh, like make his sentence less than what it is. Of course, which I'm assuming is eternity. So I don't know how you make eternity less. Uh, you know, you dividing by affinity. I don't think yeah, they I really think, do. <laughs> I think the term is forever at that point. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. It's got the typical Ingmar Bergman depressing parts in it. But uh, overall, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I enjoyed it. It's not his best work, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but that's all I saw. Uh, I guess we can get into Walk the Line. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. came up with that sound. Sounded like a train, sharp like a razor. We'd play faster if we could. The taste of love is sweet. Where I'm going to hell for the songs we sang. What about me, Charlie? Am I going to hell? No, Jim, you're beautiful. <laughs> Bound by wild desire, I fell into a ring Jim. of fire. Sorry, it just happened. You should try taking credit for something every once in a while. Come on, baby. Baby, 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 baby. Forming any tunes that remind the inmates that they're in prison. I think they forgot the ring of fire. Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon. And what's with the black? It's like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Walk the line. A chronicle of country music legend Johnny Cash's life, from his early days on an Arkansas cotton farm to his rise to fame with Sun Records in Memphis, where he recorded alongside Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. Didn't stutter again. Mm-hmm. We're directed, on a roll lately. We are. Directed by James Mangold, based on the biography and autobiographies by Johnny Cash and Gil or Jill Dennis. I'm going to go with Gil Dennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the adaptation by James Mangold, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Goodwin, Robert Patrick, Dallas Roberts. Uh, who else is in it? Waylon Payne is in it. Mm-hmm. Really, not. It really kind of focuses on him for the most part. So there's not yeah. a lot of people in it. Um, Just him yes. and the the band that he tours with, or the bands yes. that he tours with. But that's yeah. uh, which I for, I apologize to everyone who is a big Johnny Cash fan. Last week I kept getting him confused. His song uh, "Rings yeah, of Fire." I, I mixed up I, with I read green. into that earlier today. I'm like, oh, he did not say that. No, I but did. He, did. he did. Yeah. Uh, so I got confused with Jerry Lee Lewis, who he toured with. Uh, Great yeah. Balls of Fire. Uh, so I'm I'm going to count that as a win for me. You know, yeah. accidentally getting the song of someone that he toured with. Uh, no, but I remember when uh, it came out in theaters, everyone was singing Great Balls of Fire as well as Ring of Fire. Because, like, you know, teenagers, Ring mm-hmm. of Fire, Balls of Fire. Easy this connection right there. Same thing. Same <laughs> same thing. Yeah. You know, so that's where my confusion comes from. I'm not a big Johnny Cash fan, but this was on my list because I have wanted to see it. Uh, I really enjoy Joaquin Phoenix's work, uh, and lately uh, James Mangold's work. He's been a great director for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was on my to watch list, and I figured I'd put it on my possible KFR list. And Glenn happened to pick it. I am the guy who picked it. I'm so yes. good. Yes, but Glenn, you had seen this before, if I'm not mistaken. I, I have. What were your thoughts the first time you saw it, and did they differ this time around? Well, 
Uh, let's let's go ahead and run down Glen 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 Memory Glen Glenary Glenary Lane. <laughs> <laughs> I I last saw this movie fifteen years ago. <laughs> a little old. a little two thousand five boy wouldn't remember much. Um, Was he scantily clad though? So, uh, uh, well, as as Glenn is, he always has scantily <laughs> clad running around. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to paint a little picture here as far as this goes. My introduction to Johnny Cash, strap on everybody, uh, was Tony Hawk uh, Underground 2. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't think of Johnny Cash when I think of Tony Hawk. Yeah, they uh, he had uh, Ring of Fire on that that or they had Ring of Fire on that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So that was my introduction to Johnny Cash. Obviously, had no idea this movie at all was the same guy who had that song coming out of his mouth. Uh, I actually I want to look out when that uh, came out. Uh, Tony Hawk Underground Two came out in two thousand four. <laughs> That was oh, so just a I, year before yeah. this came out, so and were, a year after he died. To see this, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I had no idea Johnny Cash sang "Ring of Fire" until fun little moment in the movie when he starts singing "Ring of Fire," and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Tony I, Hawk. I skated virtually to that song. That's Do crazy. Christ there. <laughs> Do a Christ there. <laughs> so yet, yeah, I mean, as far as the movie went back then, uh, I mean, I thought it was great. I wasn't one for like a um, kind of uh, what's what's the style of this biography picks or biopics. Um, yeah. So I I mean I had no idea back then. I thought it was just a good movie. I just recently knew about uh, Joaquin because was this was this after um, Signs? I, th- I think it was yeah, after Signs. Signs. It was two thousand three. I want to say. So this was my second big break. Going from signs, I'm like, that's that guy who swung that bat at a fucking alien that scared me earlier. This is crazy. <laughs> this is me realizing the world works and people get paid to be in different things. Yeah, my 15 year old Glenn was fucking wild. He had no idea what was going he on. He was stupid. But I mean, I thought at the time, first time going around, that this was this was good. Uh, it was on one of those. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was on HBO. So my family had the the premium channels. Like, I've, I've actually stated a lot the last couple of weeks. So we've been watching a lot of movies that I had seen on the premium channels back then. Yeah. So my, this was one of the ones my mom kind of had on besides, like, uh, any of the other movies that we just talked about recently. So I always got the glimpse of it, and I always, I always watched it when it was on. So yeah. Back then, I thought it was good, but I never – I actually – I thought it was longer than this, too, because it felt longer. Like, it felt like there was more story. And then rewatching it today, like it felt like it, it got shorter somehow. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, a chunk after um, when June and Johnny actually do kind of finally uh, saddle the hitch of marriage. I, I felt like there was there was more there, but it was kind of just pretty quick. It's like, boom, that thing yeah. we were waiting for this whole movie. So uh, time was a construct for me back then, too. This whole thing's put me on a goddamn warp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mike, how did you feel about it when you first saw <laughs> Well, no, this is my first time seeing it. Uh, totally? So, totally, completely. I mean, God I had seen damn. parts doing theater walks and whatnot uh, when it came out. Um, but, you know, I never having been a fan of Johnny Cash, I never really cared to see this movie. Not that I was against it, just not yeah. something that ever came up. 
And uh, so I really honestly feel like uh, had I seen it when it first came out, mm-hmm. I would have liked it more. Because, uh, yeah. you know, in a post-2017 era uh, where, you know, people are more focused on men being overly persistent to the point where it becomes harassment. Yeah. All of his quote-unquote romantic gestures really felt like harassment towards the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the point where when she finally does say yes, it's just like, really? You literally just made it very clear five minutes ago that you were not ever going to marry him. And then you change yeah, your but mind. She was she was put on the spot in front of a big crowd. What do you come on now? <laughs> you should never do that uh, to any to any young man uh, listening. Unless you had previously discussed it with your partner, never propose in front of a large group of people. Don't propose in front Listen, of anyone Mike, unless you've discussed it and that's what your partner wants. Y- you're thinking in terms of the turn of the millennium ideals. This yeah, is the 1960s. You got to Well, that's chill what out. I'm saying. Like, I, I really, I, I'm sure it's just the movie. Yeah. And I really hope it is. And I obviously that him and, and, and June were in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it were as persistent and annoying and harassment as, as this movie portrays, I feel bad for June because uh, <laughs> maybe she got some Stockholm syndrome. Uh, it's yeah. not a good look for Johnny Cash, is what I'm trying to say. Not that it makes him look like an inherently bad person, because uh, you know, not very few people are just like all bad completely. Uh, most yeah. people have, even good people have some bad. Bad people have some good. It's just a fact. It's not everything's black and white. It's very gray, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so this movie does not paint him in a good light. Probably in 2005, it was a good light, but in this time it's not uh so it was just kind of annoying and how much he was simping over her um where it was just kind of like you know you put horror music under it it becomes a horror movie uh and, <laughs> just like and, seinfeld exactly uh but si- the difference is seinfeld's a comedy <laughs> this isn't uh this is not supposed to be funny in the least uh so it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way um there were parts that I really, really liked for the most part. The first hour I loved. It was really the last hour, 15, that I was just like, okay, this is starting to get repetitive and annoying and creepy and all that. Um, but anytime he had uh, interactions with his first wife, Vivian, mm-hmm. everything came to a screeching halt. Uh, so the pacing was really good when she wasn't around. And maybe that was on purpose. But it didn't feel like it was on purpose. Yeah. Um, where it just kind of like stuck out. And I, I'm, I'm just getting all the negative things out of the way. Because okay. I do want to focus on, on some positives. I know it right now it sounds like I didn't enjoy this movie. I did relatively <laughs> enjoy this movie. Just not as much as I wanted to. Um, so it was just kind of like weird tonally uh, and, and pacing wise. And then also, you know, felt like he was harassing her. Again, it's hard to put a love story that spans, what, like 10, 15 years into a two and a half hour movie. So I understand to an extent, but I feel like they could have done a better job. Um, yeah. uh, Elvis looks like a chucklehead. Uh, it's funny. I had no fucking idea it was Elvis until the yeah. captions were like Elvis singing. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it really doesn't look too much like Elvis. I mean, not that it has to. It's It probably would have yeah. been distracting if you looked too much like Elvis. Yeah. Um, it was early Elvis. Yeah. But and then that's, that's like one one real quick thing I want to say about sure. that is that even in like the the new Elvis movie I don't remember anything about 
Johnny at all, or like uh, Mr. Cash at all in that movie, was there? No. Uh, no. No, there wasn't. Maybe maybe there was like a line mentioning him. Yeah. But it, it was not uh, focused on too I, much, I liked, if at all. I liked the little cameo that, although it didn't look too much like Elvis, I liked the little cameo of just him being like, oh, look at this kid on stage. Yeah. Wooing all these women. I think Elvis tried to focus more on the black musicians that uh, inspired Elvis. Yeah. Uh, which is honestly the right thing to do with Elvis specifically. Of course. Um, uh, so I, I think, if anything, they probably mentioned him in a single line, but I, I don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that's all. Sorry. Yeah. No, oh, no, you're quite all right. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, the performances in this are undoubtedly great. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon were both nominated for their performances. Reese Witherspoon actually won. Um, so you know, I, I knew that there was going to be uh, some good auditions. Uh, I loved that they both performed both on uh, their instruments and voices. Mm-hmm. Um, they performed their own songs. Uh, I actually read a trivia that, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix has a relatively high-pitched voice, and, and Johnny Cash has a relatively deep baritone yeah. uh, voice. Um, so I, I one of the trivia I read is that uh, for the longest time, Joaquin Phoenix couldn't get his voice down to that register. So the band started to learn how to play it, like, up an octave or up a a, 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 a chord or whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not musically... Mm-hmm. Uh, that great, so I apologize for I think not you got it right. The, the voice time, the voice time, um, and so uh, uh, they started learning it up an octave, and then he was able to get his voice down to that register. So they had to relearn it at the normal, yeah, <laughs> the normal register uh, or octave. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but they they both had great performances. I was actually very surprised with Reese Witherspoon. Not that she's a bad actress, just I've never seen her in something where she goes this in-depth into character. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I really enjoyed the performances. Uh, I thought the writing was great. It's, uh, really, the only problem I have with it is the love aspect of it. I c- kind of wish it focused maybe more on uh, his brother, if anything. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the more interesting story personally but that's again just me and everyone knows who listens to this podcast how i feel about romance and the majority of films i think i think the part with the brother went a relatively good like good pace for what the movie was doing i think yeah. if 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 the movie added another 10 or 15 minutes um to maybe like the the middle part when it does feel like he's kind of just pestering her a lot yeah um i feel like it would just add more than just kind of what it felt like um, I, th- I think that would have sealed the deal a little bit more perfectly for my interest, at least. I just I thought the movie was sh- shorter than it needed to be. Honestly, yeah, I, I honestly definitely would have loved another twenty minutes, minutes easy. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, definitely got me to appreciate his music more. I, I I feel like they did a good job at showing the the hits and also uh but without making it too like jukeboxy if that makes sense well, that's that's what i so f- for me what i love about this movie and you know me when it comes to like the the musicians like biopics and shit mm-hmm. this this felt natural like there's only one part where he, you know he he did the uh, Folsom prison like he was like kind of kind of writing it while he was in the air force like that it felt 
a little there like it was like oh you're trying to you're trying to do that thing where these people are just like making up the song like oh i just came up with this song but it showed he he wrote it basically the whole time he was in the air force so when he finally got out he didn't even like he didn't just break out and become a star yeah what i hate about like musical biopics is like they just they just fucking come up with the song and it just feels like sure in some instances that's probably what happened but like it always just feels like in most movies it's like boom and then boom they're big and then they just then they start going on tours and shit like that this felt natural where the only one he was coming up with the song really was that that Folsom Prison song yeah. and then everything progressed like they didn't go oh we got a big hit and then they went on tour everything was sung on tour like they had already planned it out they didn't show the process or anything that's what i loved mm-hmm. about it the most yeah that it that it wasn't just like a fucking cheese wheeled in to <laughs> to our fucking plates <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it was just already learned and given to us straight away performing yeah. it naturally uh i wish way more movies were like that and sadly they just aren't yeah. It was a huge problem that I had with the uh, the, the the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, and I mean, for a decent part, uh, I I wouldn't rest. Elvis was pretty good for it too, but the, I don't know the, the uh, fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. It was it was one of those top tier ones where they just came up well, with the music. Bohemian Rhapsody, and I apologize to anyone who likes it. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Rami like, Malek's great, but well, that, and he's a lot great, of the cast is too. But he's it's just, great, but he also didn't deserve the Oscar. No, and I, I, I think that that's like obviously the Oscars are very political, and it's more about who people schmooze and and all mm-hmm. that. But like, uh, yeah, Rami Malek didn't really deserve the Oscar. Love Rami Malek. I'm not knocking him at all. But there not are so slightest. many better performances, uh, and uh, I, I think you know he it just kind of went to show. That the um you know there's more about pol- uh, politicizing the the award at that point. But another thing to go into the whole musical uh, biopic or biopic mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, it's kind of and I know this is just kind of how their lives were. It's yeah. kind of annoying how formulaic all these famous rock stars' lives are. Where it's yeah. just like, oh, they had a rough childhood, then they become famous, and they get addicted to drugs, and then the person yeah. they love won't be with them, and then they get off drugs, and the person they love will helps them off drugs, and they get into the person that they love. And it's, it's just, just kind of yeah, it's crazy how it's that's every musician summarized life basically, yeah. and it's it's honestly it just makes them all look kind of boring. Yeah, uh, where everyone's just like everyone romanticizes the rock style life, and just like it's really just kind of boring if you if you think if you break it down like that. If you look mm-hmm. at all the movies where it's just like they struggle with love and drugs and and all that, it's like yeah, that's uh, it's boring. There's always yeah. the scene where they're like sweating in bed, like coming down off of a high and and trying to kick the drug and all that, and it's just. It's not interesting to me, and then they get arrested. Of course, that's always something that happens as well. Yeah. Um, so, so once the drugs became part of the story, like this pacing came to a screeching halt for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not trying to focus on the negatives. I, I just, I, I was more interested in the family dynamic, mm-hmm. uh, and but also it would have been better if it seemed like he was trying to actually stay with Vivian. I mm-hmm. feel like that would be more interesting. It might not be more truthful to his character or to Johnny Cash's life or whatever, but it'd be more interesting if he was trying to stay 
with uh, Vivian, and she got jealous and all that, and uh, you know, kind of just raveled from there. But it's just, it was so obvious from the get go that he wanted to be with June over Vivian that mm-hmm. it just made it not interesting at all. Uh, and uh, it's 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 a shame because it's you know great performances and, and from everyone, including Jennifer Goodwin who plays Vivian. Um, I think the just, worst part uh, about it is when the the times that he's back home with Vivian, it 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 definitely slows down pace a bit. Yeah, and I'd and that, that and that makes sense, and that's fine because uh, when the, his life on the road, it's a lot more fast paced. There's a lot more going yeah. on. It's more fun for him when he gets back home. It's kind of a drag. He's asleep. He's exhausted from the touring. Um, but I feel like uh, the one thing is that I feel like he wouldn't come home and then just be obsessing over June the whole time. Yeah, again, he'd try to hide it, it a little bit better. Again, it, it probably happened, but he was very just like hanging pictures up of June and shit like that. And just like, oh, well, that's, uh, I guess, but uh, what? And... He's just always showing off June to the family and stuff like that instead of, like, the other way around. Again, it might have happened, so who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it definitely felt like... And you, you really don't, in my opinion, you don't support either side. Like, I don't really support Vivian from since, like, day one, even when they weren't even doing anything. Well, she no, was yeah, just, she like, was, super dickheadedish to uh, to June. And then but obviously she, she the was other also, way around. But yeah, she was also pretty supportive of Johnny before yeah. he became famous. But like, it's like once he became famous, it just wasn't enough for her. Yeah, like the the end game wasn't what she wanted. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's very real where people think they want something and when they have it, they realize they don't want it. Yeah, but it it just felt more like she was whining than anything. Yeah, it's than, like, hey, I support <clears throat> your dream. It's great. My dad's got a job back home. Oh, you finally did get the dream. Hell yeah. Let's do it. You know, fuck your dream. <laughs> yeah, why aren't you home your more? Dream. <laughs> I knew I knew this was going to take you away from me for a long time, but why aren't you home more? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, obviously. Yeah. You know, you... She's right, but wrong in the way she went about it. Yes. And then he is... He is wrong. <laughs> he's wrong, just 100%. Uh, yeah. I mean, like... I don't want to say he's wrong for loving he's, he's, June, yeah. But how he went about it, yeah, hundred percent. The actual love, like actually, like you know, yeah, flaunting her Vivian, in front of everybody, about, you know, everything. It's like just that. it's not fair to Vivian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glad they worked out for thirty five plus years, but holy shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I loved I back kind of to the music parts because it was a majority of it. Yeah. I loved. Especially since they, like you said earlier, they performed all their parts and stuff like that. I just love his, as far as his music itself goes, I love how simplistic it was. I think they even mentioned this. Like, he kind of just finds his tone because he can't, There, he doesn't really have, like, a spectrum of tone to go off of. He finds it just because it's just there. And same with, like, instruments. He Like, his sway, his looks. He just kind of, just comes natural without trying i guess yeah without going uh extravagant i guess you could say like trying too hard he just sounds good without trying and that's one of the things i always liked about his music especially after watching um this 15 years ago is Mm -hmm. i obviously i did pick up on his music a lot more dude's got such a great catalog it's insane 
Yeah, his his uh, style and genre of music is not something I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't dislike it. It's just not something I actively look out for. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm more. I'll of a, tune it on from time to time. I don't go around just jamming unless it's hurt. Hurt's the only song that I'll put on. Like, oh yeah, hurt, constantly hurt's all the a time. great song. Um, Dude, fucking rocked that thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a a friend who was really mad that uh, Johnny Cash's version of Hurt was more famous than Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> she, she was a really big Nine Inch Nails fan. Yeah, probably still is. I mean, she's still alive, so she probably still is a fan of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. But like, I always like never understood why she was upset. But then I also get really upset when people think uh, "All by Myself" is a Celine Dion song uh, yep. song when it's an Eric Car- uh, Carmen song. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> I understand now, so I apologize for for being confused as to why you felt that way earlier. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel it now for for all by myself, <laughs> which is a weird song to feel it for. No one, legitimately, and I'm not even kidding. That's my favorite song. I'm not not even ironically. <laughs> I legitimately Just like totally? that song. Totally, like oh wow. For for as far as like uh, like I've never heard any other of his songs, Eric mm-hmm. Carmen, but I love that song. Um, yeah. And it's one that I, I sing all the time. Uh, it's probably not my favorite song, but it's like my go-to answer because I don't have to pick between like a million Silent Planet songs yeah. or a, a million Fit for a King songs or whatever. So it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> All By Myself by Eric Carmen. Oh, it's, it it's also just a funny answer. So <laughs> anyway, off track again. Uh, overall, I thought this was great. Um, uh, t- um, scratch it. Overall, I thought this was okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, sometimes I just say great when I, I, I'm not thinking. Um, but it, it had enough where it kind of like, I feel like had I seen it or had I watched it uh, in 2005 when it first came out, I probably would have loved it. But it does not hold up the same way. Other than performances, the artistry of it's great, but the story itself is lacking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I- I respect your little thing there. Well, I respect um, you. So, uh, but one thing I want to say bef- before I, I feel like uh, you're done, right? Yeah, I'm pretty much okay. done. One thing I, I want to, I just saw this. Obviously, this came out in 2005. I'm pretty sure June died in 2003. Um, so, production, I think production didn't even begin yet, or like she died before production actually started. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she, uh, Johnny Cash approved of of Joaquin to play him, and then mm-hmm. June approved of uh, Reese playing her. And uh, I guess she had passed somewhere in between that and production starting up. That's, so that's yeah. that was a nice little tearjerker that I just read there. Yeah, it's it's cool that they both got to approve the people who played them. And it it is is really sad that neither of them got to see the final product of this. Yeah, and it is a, it is a a nice nod to their love story mm-hmm. which uh rushed or not i mean i'm sure it's much more innocent and natural in in real life but in this it felt shoehorned it felt uh it felt more impactful knowing not you know obviously that they they shouldn't have died but yeah. it felt more impactful knowing that this movie was getting made for them yeah or not, maybe not for them, but because of them, and then they passed away before its release, or before and it's even before it's even production, grab. and and they didn't even get to see the final product. Yeah. It's like really impactful, uh, just to just to really think about. Yeah. Um, but 
hopefully, obviously, I, they definitely most likely did. Their kids got to see it. Um, and, and that's enough for me to be uh, to put a little smile on my face. Yeah. And hopefully uh, they approved. So the, the last thing I will say, mm-hmm. I'm sure they do approve. The last thing I will say is last week I talked about Johnny Cash uh, making a bird go extinct or near extinct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the year, I think it was 1963, I want to say. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, 1965, uh, mm-hmm. he was camping with his nephew in uh, a, a uh, in Los Padres National Forest in California and set uh, started a forest fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that nearly killed him, and uh, but also killed 49 out of 53 uh, n- at the time near extinct, or sorry, near endangered uh, yeah. California condors. Uh, so they only had four left, and now they are critically endangered. Jeez. Uh, not, not directly because of him, but he also did not help the case. He did not um, help at all. <laughs> so and, and, uh, when he was arrested, he said... Oh my god. Um, shit. Oh, I had it. Oh yeah. He said, I don't care about your damn yellow buzzards. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, this isn't what the song Ring of Fire is about, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> or balls of fire, right? Yeah, we weren't we weren't thinking that until Yeah, they flew so up Jer- in the air Jerry and they became Lee great Lewis balls of fire. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis did it. <laughs> <laughs> I blame yeah. that Jerry anyway, Lee Lewis. It has nothing to do with this movie. I just thought I, I would clarify what I talked about uh last week. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll never ever be able to watch this movie without ever thinking of Dewey Cox. Oh my god. Well, well I thought okay, this is definitely the last hard story. I thought uh his brother's death was a lot more graphic because yeah. of what's in Dewey Cox. Yep. The walk hard uh the walk hard the Dewey the Cox. The wrong story. kid died. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean he says that in this too. But like I like in um in this, like obviously it was a critical injury that he died from it and he fell on a saw blade. That's mm-hmm. never a good time. But I think in Dewey Cox he's like cut in half and he, yeah, he's he, literally cut in half. And Dewey Cox sees him cut in half and everything. Mm-hmm. So when he just had like a big bandage uh, on him, I was just like, Oh, I was getting that confused with <laughs> walk hard. <laughs> so not not to make light of his brother's death or anything, but just Funny. A, a separate wow. little review. It's crazy how much Dewey Cox did a, a beat for beat between like all the them- thematics of this movie and made it its own movie, but also mocked this so hard. Yeah, that it's so hard to watch this because you're thinking about Dewey Co- or Cox the whole time. Yeah, that movie's definitely. so fucking good. Yeah, it's, I mean, so is this. But I cannot watch this without sitting there and be like. You don't want any drugs, do we? They're bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can't uh, be that bad. We we definitely have to do. I mean, John C. Riley is the closest I can do to a celebrity impression, so yep. we'll have to do that once it's on streaming. But anyway, that does it for our review for Walk the Line. That brings us to the judgment, as always, and needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes to the KFR show for the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Mm. Uh, this was my movie this week, so I get to go first. Uh, I thought this movie was good. I do not think it aged well, though. Uh, I'm also not a huge fan of Johnny Cash. I feel like they could have done a better job to not make him look like a creep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pissing off a lot of people now, probably. Um, I just don't think this this is one that people need to see unless they're a fan of Johnny Cash. 
So I'm going to say no for putting it on the shelf. Oh, well, that that just sucks the balls now, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the great balls of fire. Great balls of fire. Uh, yeah. I was going to say yes. I think it does belong on the shelf. I think, A, performances are fantastic. I feel like it's naturally progressive as far as like the songs go. doesn't feel like they just came up with the shit on the spot. Um, I think... I think it's a great dedication to June and uh, Johnny. And I think it's overall, I think it's just one of the better musical biopics because mm-hmm. it's very few and far between how many are actually good and how it just kind of feels, especially lately, kind of feels like just a cash grab um, between biopics. And now we're getting a lot of uh, corporation biopics and those are fucking stupid. <laughs> Yeah. So here we are. I I think this is one of the best ones around as of now, still to this yeah. day. Uh heads or tails? Uh tails. Oh, well, you uh you and fate convinced me to change my answer. It's uh Well, don't do it because of me. <laughs> no, I did it. I wasn't going to do it because of you. I was going to do it if you want a 50-50 guessing thing. <laughs> which you okay. did. Okay. So I, I agree. With, uh, your your points made me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, decide to put it in Fate's hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think <laughs> you made very valid points. I still don't think it's the greatest movie. Yeah. Uh, but I would agree with everything you said about comparing it to other uh, music musician biopics. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a cash grab. feels more sincere. I just have a big problem with how creepy it feels. But, again, that's Understandable. just me. Uh, so yeah, I, we can put it on the shelf. I'm okay with that. Wow. I'm I'm happier with that being on the shelf than Mr. Nobody, which is still on the shelf because you hate me. <laughs> so. I do. <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> Chucklehead. <laughs> you can't. I'm telling you, it's never gonna get old for me. Oh, uh, shit. So if I'm ever at a funeral and giving a eulogy, just go chucklehead and I'll start <laughs> laughing. Fucking guys are chuckleheads. So walk the line makes it on the KFR shelf because of fate. Fate put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so goes on the the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid, and that brings us to next week's movie, Glenn. Yes. What is our assignment? It's your turn to pick. Uh, you made me just flip a coin between one and two. I'm going to make you pick numbers between one and three. Oh. Uh, you could just skedaddle whatever number comes to your mind the fastest. You do a little randomizer, whatever you choose. All of these selections are on Netflix. So I'll get that right out of the way. Uh, and they don't seem to be on any other uh, platforms that I've seen. Okay. I'm going to go with three. Ooh, okay. You chose lucky number three. <clears throat> Rango. Rango! Don't move. What? Don't move! Not moving! Shh! Not moving! Try to blend in. Huh? Blend in? What what, what, what do you mean? Blend in. But what what, what are you saying? (laughs) Too late. No, no, it's not too late. I'm blending. I'm a blender! Hey, hey, calm down! What are you doing? (laughs) Stop moving! (laughs) Try not to look conspicuous. Oh, here she comes. You better run, Mojito. What? I thought you said don't move. That was before. Now, you run. Here in the Mojave Desert, animals have had millions of years to adapt to the harsh environment. But the lizard... 
He's going to die. Rango is an ordinary chameleon who accidentally winds up in the town of Dirt, a lawless outpost in the Wild West in desperate need of a new sheriff. Directed by Gore Verbinski, uh, written by John Logan Gore Verbinski himself and James Ward Urquhart, uh, stars Johnny Depp, Isla Fisher, Tommy Alafante. Timothy Alafante. That's what I said. Timothy. Uh, Abigail Breslin, which is, uh, this is like uh, almost the second in a row for her, you yeah. know, minus the one we just did. Uh, <laughs> Ned Beatty, Alfred Molina, uh, Bill Nye, Stephen Root. There's fucking tons of talent in there. I'm just going to yeah. stop there. Gil Birmingham. Um, I haven't seen this movie since it came out, and I don't remember much of it. Um, the three choices. We're all on Netflix, and they're all movies that I haven't seen in a while, but I loved. And you chose this one. I loved it for what I can remember, but I don't remember almost shit about it when it came out uh, 12 years ago. <laughs> I saw this in theaters six mm-hmm. times. God damn. Uh, when I was in college and had nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, other than studying, of course. Yeah, of course. Plus, we haven't had a Johnny movie in a while, and I feel like we, we need to whip out a little Johnny. Yes. It sounded dirtier than it meant to be. But hey, <laughs> here we are. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited to watch this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Rango is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Keystone Film Review, and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch Rango. Yeah. Rango. And I'll probably sing for the intro again, and I apologize (laughs) in advance. I hope you do. Mm. Mm. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.